Welcome to the Media Mavens podcast, where you'll hear the most compelling, provocative, and real conversations with industry leaders and innovators in tech, sports, and entertainment with our host and CEO of well-known PR firm, Axis Entertainment, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller and Marjorie DeHay with Media Mavens podcast. I'm super excited to have Patrice Mignon, who is the CEO and founder of The Arsenal, on the show with us. I'm just, I'm sorry, Patrice, I'm just laughing because I know I messed up your last name. But first and foremost, bonjour. Pronounce your last name for me. Mignon. (laughs) I was close. (laughs) Auditors, I have to uh, warn you on the fact that I have a really strong French accent. So you need to uh, stabilize your ears to uh, understand me well, but I'm going to make some efforts to pronounce the thing well. <laughs> okay, so this is French Lessons with Patrice at the Arsenal. So, so first of all, it was so amazing to see what you guys do in person in New York at the Gallery at the Arsenal. You have such a tremendous background. I, I know you're coming out of the European market to the U.S., You've done some great stuff. I want to talk about your magazine and publishing background, what you're doing with Renal. But you are literally coming into the U.S. market as a visionary about mobility, the future mobility and innovation. And we've talked about this when we met a few times prior to the podcast. And I know you're getting ready to launch the Arsenal and the Ultimate Garage coming up in New York soon. But I just it's so exciting to talk to visionaries and innovators. And mobility is such a tremendous mover and shaker in the industry that I feel like you're a little bit ahead of your time with this. And, you know, I want to talk about what is the arsenal to kind of clarify that, because I know it's boats, planes, cars, anything that stays in motion. Correct? Yeah, absolutely correct. How are we taking that into the future mobility? Let's talk a little bit about this. Yeah. So I'm going to quickly get back on on what I have done in in my, my life. I'm 46, so I'm not that young. I think I look a little bit younger because I'm really active and that keeps me uh, young. But I have done a lot of things during the 20, last 27 years because I started when I was 19. I, I, I was studying a lot, but I was uh, quite uh, hungry about doing things. I, all my life being extremely passionate and in it, working seven days a week and uh, and with no holidays, I don't really consider going to work at the job. So it was always my companies. And I was in the beginning passionate about the publishing world because, you know, 20 years ago, it was really different. Today, publishing something is pushing on a button and doing an Instagram image. But when I was 20, when I started doing my first magazine, when we are making a magazine, it was an insane work put on the table to produce what we are doing. The magazine where the, the heroes, the kids were going on the kiosk to buy things, to know more about their passion. And, and I was passionate about not just cars, because there is a lot of car community, car culture, people addict about cars, but I was more fascinated about how the men have always created machines to discover the world from Marco Polo, Vasco de Gama. So I was really inspired by the history and I created my first magazine, which was called Intersection. And, and at that time, we were full of ego and we wanted just to make the best magazine, car magazine ever. And we were mixing fashion style design, what we were calling the lifestyle, plus the mobility aspect. So it was really the, the intersection point between the different lifestyle in creation and cars, planes, yachts. And during the, this, this 15 years of publishing, I've 
gain a, a, an amazing position because I've met everybody from Lewis Hamilton, Carlos Ghosn. I've met seven times Elon Musk. I was became friends with this guy and I became someone in the industry because every time we were doing things, we were doing it drastically different from everybody. We were taking risks. I think today we lost that, that momentum, which is still a little bit uh, real in fashion. Fashion magazines are still doing a lot of jobs, but over magazine or publishing now online is just reposting things. And we were putting a lot of efforts in that. And I think it's how the brands saw what we were doing. And um, so because we were showcasing the car in crazy way, uh, under an helicopter, dropped from a mountain. Our culture and vision was so, so deep that we literally made a huge transformation in the industry. So naturally, the brands came to us, do images for them, campaign, advertising, movies, events, shows, road shows. So we have done uh, around 150 different projects and we have collaborated with any single company from the famous one, the Italian one, the Ferrari, Lamborghini, but also Tata in India and Dacia and uh, General Motors and Ford. And so I've done that for 10 years as an agency. And five years ago, I, I was really at the top of my career, I've done everything and I decided to change a little bit my paradigm. I was seeing uh, during all these years, a lot of brands coming uh, because of many reasons. First, as you say, mobility is, is a fantastic subject for many reasons. When you take a car with your boyfriend, you are literally free, you travel, you discover the world, you have a screen in front of you. So it's, it's really a beautiful subject. And also there is another fact, which is that during the last 20 years, we have seen a lot of new brands coming on the market. That's what I call the startup nation, the startup movement. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Everybody wants to put his name on something, on a product. So making a, a brand of t-shirts is quite easy, but going uh, make, making a, a submarine brand, it's much more difficult. And uh, I was seeing all these, these designer engineers putting effort to, to build brands. I decided to, uh, to take an overall position, a friendly position, being an authority, but in a cool way. So I branded the Arsenal. It comes from Venezia in Italy. And that was the first uh, shipyard of Marco Polo. So it was literally where Marco Polo was making his boat and his fleet to conquer the world. And I decided to start helping the startups in many ways. First with PR, marketing, events. I was I had publishing a book. I had made a website. And the, the way we structured the, the brand was so mature, so good, so high quality. Simple, seven letters, Helvetica, like Supreme, one color, two colors, but extremely strong. We wanted to make a, a corporate company. And, or give, give it like, like the old document from the NASA, making really something uh, extremely serious, but cool in the same time. And uh, we became in, in four years what, what I can call a love brand. What is a love brand? It's it's brand that they, have, they are perceived and the people really feel this is something extremely cool, like Supreme, like Off-White. And uh, one day, three years ago, I received a call from uh, Craig Robbins, which is a legend in, in the real estate business because he has set up the, the design district. And he literally offered the possibility to come in Miami, set up my business and my family and, uh, and go next step. Because when you are in Europe, even if Europe is, is great for many things, you need to face the US market to go beyond. So I came with my uh, old arsenal, my old armada, and I set up the first store in Miami, in Design District, which was an insane big space uh, in front of Tesla. So it was funny because I'm really close to Tesla and their philosophy. And for me, being in front of them was really a sign. Six months after the opening of, of Macau, of Miami, we, we went to Macau, to the biggest casino in the world called City of Dreams, uh, owned by a, a genius billionaire called Lawrence Ho. He's the son of Stan Leo, and Stan Leo literally set up Macau with uh, seven biggest casinos. 
And he was so in love with the project that he gave me a free credit to do whatever I want on a 25,000 square feet space. We have been paid a crazy amount of money to set up the most insane garage in the world in Macau with more than 50 machines during the last two years, 1.6 million visitors, the biggest traffic driver of the city. So it's, it's really things that looks like absurd or crazy, but that's, that's Macau, that's China. And, um, that gave us a crazy accelerator in, in that field. And the last, the last baby is in New York in collaboration with Roger Dubuis. And I have a list of perhaps seven to 10 projects from Abu Dhabi, from Jeddah, from different kinds of places. We have a project in Bahamas. So I think in the next two, three years, we're going to have 10 spots. And that's from the retail side of the, of the company because there is a lot behind the, the project. So, and this is like, I know we have, you have the ultimate garage and I love the ultimate garage. And I want to talk about the ultimate garage because all of these vehicles are kind of like a ultimate garage when you walk into each of your locations. But you have, a, I love that you say if James Bond did internet shopping, the arsenal would be James Bond's garage without any need for Q. And I love that. I love that because everything is so, everything is so futuristic in mobility. And it, that's how you kind of pulled the bikes, the boats, the helicopters into the ultimate garage, correct? Is that, those are all the vehicles that you guys I think are there is two, There is two layers in, in, that, uh, in that selection and what makes the success of that. The first thing is that, as I said before, if you want to uh, have a certain position in an industry, you need to be federative, you need to be open, you need to be transversal, you need to be horizontal. And that's make, what makes the big difference. You know, in the, in the car culture, because we talk more about cars than mobility, but in car culture, you have so many different entities. In every city, you have a cafe uh, uh, showing cars. In Miami, we have Walton Grace. We have we are created. We have uh, so many spaces in LA. There is a race service. Uh, in every city, you have a, a space which is federating the passion for men and cars. So uh, that, that that's pretty common. But the objective of, of the Arsenal was to uh, to show a, a more global point of view about mobility and showcasing uh, submarines, uh, planes, uh, drones. So that's what makes a big big difference. Also, the second point is that our selection is extremely out of the box. I mean, uh, uh, I love uh, a vintage Ferrari, but I don't care about that. You know, it's, 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 it's not really interesting anymore. You need to chase for the next big thing. And what is the next big thing is the, is a prototype of a flying car, is a prototype of a crazy DeLorean. It's, it's something that, which has been made by one guy in his garage for years. And he's coming to see me and say, okay, I'm ready. I want to show it at the Arsenal. So the selection is really about my, my objective is to mind blow the person and my audience. When they come to the store, they are like, what the fuck is that? I've never seen that before. So it's, it's quite difficult, you know, to, um, to uh, blast people because especially in Miami and New York, this audience, they have, they have quite a lot of money. They have seen everything. So, but I'm super happy because even the big guy, I, I, last, last month I had Peter Thiel in my store or Elon Musk or this, even this guy who has seen everything. I still keep them amazed by the selection we propose. Uh, is this everything in the garage? Are these all spec concepts that's for sale or is it just to showcase where mobility is going in the future? Yeah, that's a good question because in fact, Everything is for sale in life. And uh, I think it's really important to satisfy the, the needs of, of all our visitors and friends. So you can come and dream and see many things and live with the caps and the hoodies because 80% of our income is made on, on merchandising. But for the big items, for example, we, uh, we sell a prototype. You get equity in the company. So we also sell uh, investments to uh, 
of the startup. So they showcase the prototype in our stores. And uh, uh, if you're going to put a million dollars on a prototype, you become an uh, investor in that company. So that's what we sell also at the Arsenal. We really uh, work like a, a VC of a new age or uh, an accelerator. I call it more an accelerator by the Arsenal. By, by passing by the Arsenal, you, you, you see your way much more accelerated with followers, Post PR client investors, it's it's it could be considered as a PR service too for the startup, and that's what we do. Excellent. You know, one of the things that I love is a lot of these creations are very artistic. Is there somebody throughout history, like an artist, or historical figure, that has inspired you? Yeah, no, I am, uh, as I said before, uh, literally hungry about culture. I, I don't own any, anything else. I have sold all my cars. My I don't need anything. I just need to uh, feed my brain and. It's first where I'm really French, you know. It's what that's what we have, and I'm I'm really uh, passionate about knowing things, and so I, I love architecture. So I read books about architecture. I love philosophy. I love literature. I love music. I I, I I'm obsessed about design and product and things. So I'm trying. I love to know everything about everything and uh, weird stuff like designers from the 50s or typographic guys, and uh, so it's quite difficult to to give one example. I'm I'm really. I think it's important to, in life to use your time for the good things. And I'm really trying to spend my time with people who can feed my brain and give me more knowledge. So I really choose my conversations. But I, and I'm also super happy. To, you, you know, you're always somewhere in life. You have some, someone on top of you and someone above you. So from the guy above me, I'm trying to, to get the, the information. And I also love to give information. So I'm also spending a lot of time with kids in the store to, to talk about things. It's, it's really about the transmission. To Marjorie's point, are you collaborating to help build some of these plane yeah. cars directly? Yeah, yeah. yeah I decided to uh, stop g- giving uh, everything because I'm extremely generous. So if you're a builder, you come at the arsenal, I sh- showcase your car. I find investors, I invest a bit, I help you, etc. So now what we do is we take uh, equity on companies. We extend our portfolio of participation in small companies and we help them grow because the, the good thing we have is we have a, a complete vertical vision from the products. You know, in life, every, everybody has a skill. Some people, they know how to cook. Some people, they know how to play piano. And me, I have that kind of vision on how to make a brand work. Works, you know, that I, it's what I have. You know, you, you tell me what you are doing and I'm going to tell you what to do. So, and in my field, so uh, I, I am pretty good advisor. And uh, But I took the time to become, I was not greedy and I was not trying to charge guys like that. I was just happy to share my spaces, my visibility to uh, all of these builders. And I got fantastic relation with everybody now. And we have a big, big project coming. We're going to be able to talk a little bit about it. But the collaboration is key. People love collaboration. People love to see brands together in fashion or in design or in automotive. So, so far, we have done 17 collaborations with MD Agusta. We have done a motorcycle. We have done a submarines. Uh, we are doing a, a flying car with Renault. So collab is, is great because... It's like a little bit David meeting Goliath. You know, you have a big company calling us and say, we love the Arsenal and we want to do something with, with you. It's the same in fashion, you know, brands, they collaborate always together. Of, For example, Kiss Supreme is really one of my best examples because I, I know really well the guys, I follow follow them. Now, the, the last time they have been sold was $3.7 billion. VF company bought Supreme. And Supreme, all their life, they have done collapse. So uh, I think it's a great way to expand them. Yes. Excellent. 
because you work with so many startups and you're kind of an incubator, what are some of the mistakes startups make and what is some advice that you would give them? The issue is not to have no money. The issue is to have money. I made an experiment myself when you, um, when you get investors, you, you get a million dollars and you're going to pay everybody like $20,000 and spend, spend, spend. The best way all my life, I have been able to get a lot of money, but I was not using it. And the best way to be creative is to be like with nothing and just the, the, the idea which comes out of your mind. So, uh, it's, you know, doing a startup is a war. I've been into that war for four years and we literally count in days. There is no Sunday, no Saturday. You jump on it and that's what makes you feel alive. So it's great, you know, to do uh, your own company, your own projects. And you need to, it's, when I say a war, it, it's a little bit this, you know, you have to be extremely competitive. You have to be creative. If you, success is like a run, you know, so uh, it, it's really being in, in a boot camp mode and uh, and be the best in, in what you do. Patrice, is, is there a specific brand or an artist or innovator that has inspired you to launch the arsenal and to create and to innovate mobility? I mean, was it one thing that you could talk to us about that would inspire other people, the creative, the artist types to say, hey, I have an idea on mobility, whether it's the flying cars, marine air. I mean, what was your inspiration or who that you took that led you to this point with the arsenal? So many people are inspiring. And I think it's funny because we are living in an era where the inspiration, the transmission, the knowledge becomes something really important. You have so many mentors, so many shows and broadcasts about that. I feel that we are living in such a shitty time with this stupid COVID stuff and control of the masses. So people really uh, understand that now knowledge is everything. So uh, we have seen so so many uh, great people arriving on, the, on stage and, and giving, showing away. For me, it took me really long. I was so passionate about meeting people. I, I literally, I could make a list of 200 persons that I've met in the last 10 years who inspired me from, uh, you know, when you spend two days with Lewis Hamilton, when you, uh, with, when you are with these drivers, CEOs, guides, this is what really gave, gave me the, the passion. And also that that's, ego is important. You need to be humble, but you need a big ego. Ego outside and, and humble at home. But uh, if you don't want to make the revolution or make big things, you go nowhere. And uh, it took me 20 years to arrive at, uh, at the 40s and tell myself, I think I can do something in that industry, not less smart than an Elon Musk or some guys like that. And if we, if we want to take about, if you want to talk about one example, I, I met seven times Elon Musk. I met him the first time in 28 or 27 in the car show in Detroit. And the guy has a booth made with, uh, you know, the, the rented space they give you, they, they give you the furniture also with that. The logo of Tesla was printed on a A4 paper. It was nothing. So, uh, and the guy was hot. He knew where he, he was going. And after I met him so many times, and the last time I met him was in a factory, in the Giga factory in the, in the desert. And it's incredible because the, the guy is for me the new Neo, you know, the arch of Neo in the Bible where the guy is saving everybody. Why does he need to send people on Mars? Because he thinks one day perhaps the, we're going to have a big cataclysm and the, the earth will explode and he will bring everybody uh, like a colony on Mars. So it's, it's crazy and that's what we need. It's, it's, why, it's why people follow him. Why people buy Tesla? Because they think they're going to change the world. The perception of the brand is incredible. It's uh, the, the brands who make the life better, which is a, a big bullshit, but it's fantastic. And it's why the value of the company is so big. So you need to really um, have a strong message, a beautiful message, uh, if you want to make a big, big project. But what I love about like talking with you and, and since I've met you a while ago is that, you know, you have these 
ultimate toys, billion dollar toys, you know, Lamborghini, Renault, I think there was a huge plane in the gallery. Then the next day it came in, there was this beautiful Lamborghini. And your whole viewpoint approaching this is about the innovation and creativity, design, mobility to change the future. You're not looking at this as an ego because people who want to come in and draw four or five million on some of these specs, some of these models, it is for the ego to say, hey, look at me, look what I'm doing, look what I have, like a trophy. I love that your your whole perspective and approach is very authentic, very changing the future, being creative, seeing like there's no boundaries where we could go in mobility, which is why we're mobile, because there is no boundaries of where you could go land, air or sea. And I just, I love your approach to this. It's not coming from a ego because we can afford to drop millions of dollars like some of these men do. I did look talk about the James Bond. These are toys for boys. Your whole approach is very authentic of changing the future, doing better to innovate versus where the market is. And I love that you're kind of bringing this to the forefront of why it's important yeah, to look the, at final, the final B2C product is an object of pleasure. We, we are all uh, agree on that. Car is absolutely sexy. The line of, uh, I mean, the car itself, the object is, is, is sexy. It's driving you, it's transporting you, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's, and that's from the, the beginning of the cars. And, and, and yes, people are using also now these tools like a watch or a house is different because it's where you live. But for sure, people show off with that. But I'm really, really not interested about that usage. I'm, I'm just interested about the, this crazy, uh, the engineering, the processing, the industrial. Why do people create objects? to uh, liberate themselves. All this notion of, of making things with your hands to create a machine to transport yourself. It's a beautiful, uh, it's a really beautiful subject. And it's without any analyze, the, the, the people, they like it because they have their car, they are free, but there is such a, a, a psychological process behind that. And there's also the great thing is that now the technology is available, it's everywhere. You can make things in Shenzhen like that by talking on, on the supplier with Alibaba. You can literally make things happening me, I'm not an engineer. I, I'm a project manager. And the, my last project is really, really insane. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about that, the, the flying cars. But I like to tell that story of the guy who wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to make a submarine brand. It's, and the, the wife says, no, it's crazy. You're not going to make money. And the guy says, no, I need to do that. And, and he does it. And I, the same thing arrives to me. And it's funny because I was really with my wife and I... And she told me, no, you have to do it. You, you have to make a franc company. And I said, yeah, I'm going to make a billion dollar company. And it's, it's, it's not fun. It's just a reality. And now we are on the way to do that. And uh, it's important to control your life and to, to, to first know your capacity. Because if you, if you expect too much from yourself and you're not able to deliver, you're going to be sad. But it's so important to, uh, to when, you, when you have skills, it's important to, to be able to manage them and use them. And I just work uh, as, a, as a slave for 20 years to develop my skills. And today I have the skills and I feel the responsibility of doing something big and something which is what I am. When I say it's going to be a billion dollar company, it's to be, be going to try to, to provide a, a crazy solution for mobility for the future. Much more crazy than company like Volocopter, Joby, Archer. We could talk about that subject, uh, the, the flying car, because it's, it's really, really interesting. Let's, let's talk, because you and I have talked about the flying car um, on the phone a few times we chatted. And I was going to ask you a quick question between air, sea, and land. Which one are you working on that's the most attainable? Is it the 
sea vehicles? Is it the airplanes or the flying cars? Because I know your next project's the flying cars. We're going to talk about that. But which one out of all of the mobility is the most attainable and the quickest we could get to that level of concept? There are, there, I would say there are four to five elements. As you say, you have the, the, the sea, you have the, the earth, you have the air, you have the space also, which is another element. And uh, you have also the fifth element, which is the, the, the metaverse. So we have now a lot of different possibilities to, uh, to move ourselves. Sea is, um, is not explored completely yet, but it has reached the limits. Resorts under the water and stuff like that, it's not going to come because we are not fish. We need air. It's great to go on a submarine. It's great to go diving, but it's a little bit limited. I think Earth, it's over. It's finished. It's done for many reasons. We always talk about the gas emission from the cars, but it's not that at all. It's the, the rubbers of the wheels on the, on, the, on the road. It's the cost of the road. It's material used to make the road. It's the infrastructure. Cities like Paris, London, Tokyo, Los Angeles will f- cancel the traffic of the cars in 2030. Ca- car with gas. So uh, it's going to be only electric cars. So in, in the, and, and the funny thing also, I'm always talking about the way technology is evolving. The technology is not like this. The technology is like this. So in the last 20 years, we have more evolved than in the last 200 years. So in the next five years, we're going to evolve more than in the last 20 years. So we don't know about the future. Concerning the, the air, I think is the, is the new road. So it's, it's one of the baseline of our company. Air is the new road because the air is, uh, has this particularity that is in three dimensions. A road is in two dimensions. So you go in, in one direction and one direction is two dimensions. And the air, it's three dimensions. You go high and you go uh, left and right. So when you consider a different level of transportation, it's like movies like The Fifth Element from Luc Besson or Blade Runner. It's really important to look at what movies have shown us during the last 20 years because anticipation movies are really good to, to see the future. So I think in the near future, the, the transportation will be in three dimensions. So you're going to go the rooftop of your building, you're going to find what we call the vertiport. So it's an airport in the city. And you're going to go up, you're going to go in a, in a tube, in a tunnel, and in that, in that canal, in that position, which is only your road, and your vehicle will go up and will go through to the direction. So it's called A to B. You go from a point A to a point B, but direct. So um, this is where we are going in the, in the future for sure. And space, it's, it's going to come, but it's still a little bit utopia because of the cost. The costs are really uh, reducing a lot. Imagine SpaceX. SpaceX is a company, it's a 15 years company, and they have made more uh, progression than NASA, which is an 80 years old company. But I don't really see the future of space because it's, it's something really, really beyond the, the normal expectation of people. So it's for a few, it's for the dream. But the next big field will be the, the, the air dimensions for sure. I love how you were talking about artists inspiring like the future because you mentioned Blade Runner, flying cars, and like Jules Verne created the light bulb before the light bulb was created. Can you talk a little bit about like some things that you have seen like artistically or in films that you think are like, that's a good idea. That's going to happen in the next 20 years. Wow. You always have the flying cars. (laughs) I am inspired about a mix between cinema movie films because they have big production budget to show crazy things. Welcome to Gattaca, Blade Runner, Back to the Future, Fifth Elements. It's always a little bit dramatic. It's always always a little bit apocalyptic. And uh, one of my favorite movies is Welcome to Gattaca, which is really sleek, cold, empty, 
2001 Odyssey of the Future also is, is from Kubrick is absolutely fantastic. It's always showing a future which is a little bit scary. And I also love contemporary art because the contemporary artists are extremely free. But it's a big, big disconnection between the reality technology and the contemporary arts. And it's funny because everybody has their own version of the future. You can make a mix of all of that and, and have a, a clear picture. My favorite sentence is the best way to predict the future is to build it. So I'm trying to make my own uh, path and build a little bit the future. So let me ask, talking about the future and innovation, some of the vehicles at the arsenal, you're going to start to mint out as NFTs. Is that correct? Okay, let's, let's, let's talk about this because, you know, we're talking about Web3, the metaverse and where it's going. Are oh, no. you guys going uh, to... It's really a subject. Every period of, of the time, every era has its own technology shifts. The internet was one of the biggest ones. And now we are talking about Web 3.0, the interaction between the man and machine, the AI, the metaverse, all this stuff. NFT and, and, the, and the coin are only some tools of that, that space. If I imagine my daughter starting a day in 10 years and plugging her brain on a USB key, it's a little bit scary because finally that's what's going to happen. You know, you're going you're gonna to be connected and you're going to put your goggles and you're going to be in your house, in your metaverse land, decentralized land, and you're going to use your fake cars and have your fake, fake watches. So I think in the next future, you're going to have two types of people in the world. You're going to have the, the connected and the, the rebels, like in the movie. And the rebels is the people who uh, don't want to live in the metaverse and say, fuck off to all this digital stuff. I want my uh, food, my land, my air, my, my things. And, but we go quickly through a digital world. So we have to adapt. We have to play with, with that. Also, you know, I'm always making this joke uh, in, in Miami. Uh, a few years ago, every, every time you were shaking your hands to someone, he was doing real estate. Now, every time you talk to someone, he's doing NFT. Yeah. So it's crazy. Everybody is doing NFT. Everybody is talking about NFT. So I'm uh, a little bit, uh, I cannot deal anymore with that. It's, I, I'm going to do something for sure. I have to do it, but I wanted to find my stuff. So based on the fact that buying an NFT is getting the property on the ownership of, of a piece of something, but I don't want to be an owner of a board, ape, whatever, you know, I'm not really interested about that. How the art has been now from Picasso, from Leonardo da Vinci, from Michelangelo to a board ape. I don't know how we went from that to that. How do we get values to that piece of shit? <laughs> that was like, uh, we, look at the evo- we look at the evolution of man, like in all the things, you know, from the ape, the monkey, growing up into a full walking man. I think we've gone backwards from Picasso, Michelangelo, true art down to an ape again. You know, it's, it's we've just, we've like literally everybody, reverse evolution on NFTs. As, as democracy is not good because you give the talk to everyone and everyone has something to say, but no one has something interesting to say, like social media, it's the same for art. Now you have uh, kids uh, who uh, stay on Instagram, I'm, I sold that for me. We don't, give a, we don't give a shit of that. I, I, it's, where is the value? What did you bring to the table? What's the, what's the added value of, of your work, guys? It's not interesting. It's not interesting. So yes, you talk about something, but... It, why? You know, why do you, why do you spend time and energy on, on this? What's the purpose? We need purpose in our life. Saying that, it's, it's extremely interesting also. I mean, it starts with, with, you know, it's like internet. When internet started, we have the same age around the table. When we started to use internet 20 years ago, it was terrible. You know, uh, the sound of the modem, the, 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 the 
page getting like this. Bon, bah, it's the same for the NFT. Voilà, it starts by the board ape and first soon we're gonna have better stuff to, to, to Well, to, I think to, it's, to, it's, about, <laughs> it's about sustainability, like all technology, all companies, everything we do, mobility, innovation, it's all about sustainability. I'm not sure, you know, I'm on the fence. NFTs are moving into a whole precursor, like pregame to the big game of metaverse and where we're going with this. I don't know if NFTs, the board apes and all of this stuff is sustainable. It's going to eventually weed itself out. But mobility is sustainable. Everybody's got to stay in motion. Like go beyond the borders, beyond your reach. That's sustainable. So, you know, taking the NFT aside, because I do agree with you. I'm on the fence. I get the NFTs. It's great for brands. I want to come in and buy a physical and have the rights to the original. But there's so much going on right now in the news because people are just screenshotting JPEGs, repurposing theirs. You can't sue them because I could go screen, I screenshotted and cribbed your photo off your website to put on the Media Maven site. So there you go. It, did I just steal your NFT? I took your image because I needed it. And social media is meant to share. So I think there's going to be a lot of controversy in the NFT space. And, you know, I was reading an article, you know, Mark Cuban, who, in awe, amazing businessman, innovator. They just stripped all his NFT from him because he broke protocol. I think there's going to be a lot of, from the legal aspect, Marjorie, on that, there's going to be a lot of shakeout. But I don't know if that's going to be as sustainable as everybody thinks right now. But what is sustainable is the innovation and building. You know, you have a skateboard, you have snowboards, planes, air, sea, land. Your focus, and I want to talk about your next project, what is sustainable, because you are a man of action in networks. And I love everything about what we talk about, your bio, and every conversation with you is so inspiring and innovative. But I want to talk about the flying car concept, because I know that's a project of yours. We've worked with Mercedes-Benz R&D. So their concept down in Carlsbad, their compound has cars like 50, 60 years out, the most insane concept cars. And I know that's a big project and passion of yours right now. So I know you could talk a little bit about this, but you don't want to reveal too much. Oh, no, for sure, for sure. You, you are one of the first person I'm really talking about that live, but about the next step. Yeah, I know that Daimler and Mercedes, I, I follow a really old big industrial company and Mercedes is one of the ones I'm following the most. I've been doing a lot of them. I was, uh, as I was telling you, uh, many years ago uh, about in charge of their lifestyle PR and strategy. They are for sure one of the most powerful brands on the market with the more cash flow and capacity to, to do things. And they are involved with a beautiful company called Volocopter, V-O-L-O-C-O-P-T-E-R in, uh, in Germany. During 200 years, we have used a platform with four wheels and four seats and four doors, which goes right, left, and forward and back forward. And uh, the human really wanted to, 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 to move differently, but the technical capacity was not there. In one of my presentations, I, I show, I am saying that if you ask the question to a kid or a billionaire, what is the future of cars? They're going to say flying cars. And for 60, 70 years, we have seen these shapes of flying cars. For example, if you uh, look at the, the, the car show in the, in the 50s, the vintage American cars looked like flying cars. The Cadillac, the, the, the shape, the design was inspired by this. Now, the, the new thing, why it's happening now, it's because of the electric power, battery, and propeller, and the drone technology. The drone has completely changed the game. You have micro drones, so you have drones uh, of the size of uh, an insect. 
you have giga drones, you have uh, the question that we spoke before about moving in the city, you have the, the threat and the logistic, which is a, a geopolitical question. Threat, logistic is geopolitical. So the Canal de Suez, Canal de Panama, the Road of the Silk, all these, the pipelines, the logistic is really extremely important for the global ge geopolitics. If you consider running new roads, you change the geopolitics. So if you consider shipping things by the air in new dimensions, you also change the face of, of the world. And during the last five, six years, thanks to what I said before, the startup nation, the the big appetite of the market, the, the financial, the amount of money available, the shift in the in technology, the, the social media, etc. It has made possible what we, we see now, which is we have on the market 50 companies. So you have 50 companies of flying cars. Some of them are single engineers in their backyard or their garage making a, a flying sausage. And some of them are $4.2 billion companies. If we look at three companies, the three leaders, Archer, Joby, Volocopter, Archer, Archer is, has, a, has a value of $3.6 billion company. The company has only three years, 400 people, no flying machine, no, no sole prototype. So they are making R&D with an insane value. Same for Joby, Joby, $2.6 billion company, Volocopter, $1.6 billion company. It's now absolutely impossible that we don't go in that direction. It's impossible. You have too many players, too many money, too many, too many appetite of the market. So that's going to come. And uh, I said before, I told myself, I want to play something. I want to play a role in that industry. I don't want to be advisor. I don't want to be PR. I don't want to be whatever, even paid a fortune. I received last year an, a, a, an offer, which is really, really difficult to, 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 to say no. But I said, no, I don't want to be working for others. I want to make it myself because I think I have the capacity to do it. Also, I said before that in, in, in life, when the things are on the good way, when you control your mind, your body, your ecosystem, it's, it's fantastic because things are happening like this and you say, oh my God, it's crazy. It's, and no, you made all the efforts to provocate that situation. And I received a call from uh, uh, Renault, which is the, the third uh, biggest car builder in the world. And they told me, could you please uh, imagine something for the 60th anniversary of the 4L? The 4L is the, the car the most sold in the world more than the Ford Mustang. It's, it's uh, 10 million units sold for 60 years. During 60 years, they have done the car. And uh, I told them it's, it seemed super simple. The car has been everywhere. The car has been on the wall of China, in the Sahara, in the desert. But there is one, one some, somewhere the, the car has never been. It's in the air. So I'm going to make this my first plane car of my company. And uh, the marketing director worldwide of Renault is, uh, is as crazy as me. And he said, okay, go. They gave me the budget six months after, which is really impossible in six months to make that from scratch. But that's what I love. I love to get the budget, find the engineer, set up a factory in South of France, make it happen. And at the end of the, the project, we are 20 persons with communication directors, strategists, designers. The company was set up. We get the name. We made the reveal. We had 4,600 articles, 4,600. And we had more articles than the whole industry together with one small project. So at the end of that, Renault came back to me and said, Renault is, is 30,000 salaries in the world. It's 20 million cars sold per year. So imagine it's like Toyota. It's a, it's a giant group. And they came to me and said, okay, what's next? What are we going now? What are we, 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 we cannot have so much press, do the best event of the year with that. What's the following of this? And I told them the following of that is that Renault is going to become the corporate partner of the Arsenal. 
to set up the next playing machine for the future. And uh, I mean, we are 12 in the company, you know, we are making a few incomes, uh, but we have such a power that the, the, this giga company is calling us and say, okay, you are in charge of our flying car. And I told them, yeah, but it's not going to be a Renault. It's going to be an, an Arsenal flying car. It's not going to be the Arsenal because it's going to be a little confusing. We're going to create a new brand and we pilot the new brand with Renault. So we're going to make a SPAC. We're going to go public. We're going to find investors. We're going to make big announcements in New York. And my way of doing it is, it's going to be like a movie. We have a deal with Netflix. Netflix is going to produce a story about that. A little bit like the story of DeLorean. So we're going to have a lot of drama, a lot of adventures. It's going to be crazy because we have one year to make the second prototype working. And we're going to uh, rent some spaces in Times Square. And we're going to make an announcement exactly like the industry is doing, but in our way, which is the cool marketing style. That's wow. And when do we get these cars? <laughs> yeah, we'll be able to fly. Alors, we cannot fly. We cannot fly above city. You have to fly on private lands, etc. It's in the beginning. But my point with them was to say, okay, let's get access to that industry super quick. How can we be? I mean, Joby and Archer, they, they, they had that value in three years. Can we make it in one year? Like uh, making a business really as a, as a, as a challenge, you know? Is this, is this the trajectory to get the Renault, the first flying car a year from now? Is that realistic in your mind? Just at least get the prototype up? No, no, it's not. It's not. When a car company is developing a car, the new Ford F uh, pickup, the new Jeep Wrangler, it's a seven years program. From the moment the, the board say we go, the car is delivered on store seven years after. We're not going to deliver cars, flying cars in stores. Making a flying prototype is extremely difficult because it's going to be uh, autopilot. It's going to be controlled by AI. It's going to be powered by hydrogen cell. It's going to be a lot of what we call technological brick that we need to add up together. But when you have Renault as a corporate partner, you have Airbus, you have Thales, you have Dassault System, you have all the big companies in Europe who are going to back up and give us the technology, what we call the technological brick. So it's really like a, a crazy challenge of making, onboarding the companies, onboarding the partners, having everybody willing to, to work on that in a short time, like a challenge, you know. So this is what I love about the Arsenal. You guys are truly there encouraging people to build a better future with new technology to drive more mobility. And I love everything about what you guys are doing. And we're getting ready to wrap up here. But before we go, you guys can be found at thearsenal.com. It's A-R-S-E-N-A-L-E.com, correct? Yeah. With Macau, you guys are already established. And in Miami, you're launching the New York Gallery and Garage coming up here in a few weeks. What, out of everything you've ever touched, everything you've built, created, you've seen, what is your one single most favorite form of mobility? Hmm. I've been lucky to fly in our uh, flying car and I really can tell that I was extremely scary. Uh, it, was really, uh, it was really a crazy experience. I mean, and I have felt what is it to build something. Imagine you, you build a car, you build a fine car, you build a boat, and you literally travel with the object that you made. And I, it has been the same. When I was a kid, my first car was at 16, and I, I literally transformed it and customed it. There is still that incredible passion for, for people who make things and use it to, to, to get transported somewhere. It's really about that, how I'm getting transported somewhere. In my mind, 
with the metaverse or in reality with the object I, I, I built or I, I use. It was so good having you on the show, Patrice. I mean, amazing job. I mean, congratulations with all of this and good luck with everything. Where is your trajectory before we wrap over the next three to four years, three to five years? Where do you see the arsenal going? I think we're going to open a few other spaces because we are in discussion with uh, a lot of uh, different entities. Macao uh, is a casino, but we are now discussing with governments. We are talking with actually with the, the Saudi Arabian governments because there is a lot of so of um, things going on with the mobility. A lot of kids are still killing themselves on roads, the desert in the Sahara doing uh, forbidden races and stuff like that. So the government wants us to come and, and become like an embassy and explain to these people that it's not to go fast, it's to go far. So we're going to open new spaces where we can educate, teach, show, give to the communities. It's really, really important, have a little bit more of social impact. So that's for the, the, the spaces, the physical spaces, because it's really important to host people and, and, and share with humans. And on the other side, we're going to start soon the, the flying car company. So that's going to be a long run. That's going to be a free run minimum. And I want to structure it. I have been CEO of the Arsenal for five years. And I can tell you that when a company is growing fast with, with a low cash flow situation, it's, it's really intense. It's really physical. And I want to do it a little bit different. So I'm not going to be the CEO. I want to be only creative director of the new company and only dedicate my time to make the coolest brand ever. Brilliant. We have so much to look forward to. Patrice, thank you for being on the show. Good luck with the launch in New York. And we will definitely be checking back in with you in a few months to see how everything's going. Thank you. And I've been super pleased about the quality of our exchange. Oh, it's been wonderful. I'm looking forward to seeing you soon down in Miami. But until then, this is Sarah Miller, Marjorie DeHay with Meet and Mavis Podcast. Patrice, it was great having you on and good luck with the arsenal. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or want to download past episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Media Mavens podcast on your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, please visit MediaMavensPodcast.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.